0: Yo, welcome to Talkers Talk podcast. Uh, happy St. Paddy's Day Hangover Day. thats uh, I don't know if that's really a, a recognized holiday, but it should be. I can tell you I am, quote unquote, celebrating Happy St. Paddy's Day Hangover Day today, right now. Uh, just kind of recover from the festivities of yesterday. I am 18th Irish. Uh, Adam McGee will tell you that doesn't matter. I will tell you it does, and it means I'm very justified in celebrating my people on St. Patrick's Day. Uh, ben, how's it going? This has been a long time since I introduced you. How's it going? I know.
1: It's going well. Thank you, Ty. I mean, what I learned this weekend is the Irish are still very passionate about the potato famine. Like, yes, do not don't. make no, any you, jokes. No, you
0: cannot. It's not funny. It's really not I know.
1: funny, there. I know. I learned that the hard way. But you had an eventful weekend, Ty. Like, I myself am not hungover. I did have a couple of glasses of wine watching the Wizards game like a 55-year-old man last night. But... Not suffering from any hangovers, but you had an eventful weekend, Ty. What did you do this weekend?
0: Man, so I started my day on Saturday with trying out for Family Feud with my family. <laughs> um, actually, my my brother-in-law was our lead family member, so to speak. So it's not the Windish family. Um, oh. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a, I, I, my name is still Ty Windish. Don't worry about that. But if I if we do end up making Family Feud, it won't be as the Windish family. But... uh. No, it, I thought it went really well. Um, I thought we did better. Than, we tried out two years ago also. And I thought this one went better than that one, personally. But last time, they uh, they called us into a second room after our main audition. And then they like had us do some videos for the producers. And they did not do that this time. And we're pretty sure we saw that happen with another family. So we're not thinking we're going to make it. But we're not positive on that yet.
1: What does that entail, though? Like, do you just to answer questions as you would on the game show no, steve so, uh, harvey's not there no probably. he's not like,
0: he is not if he was i would have freaked out because i love steve harvey that goes <laughs> back to when i was a little kid i watched the steve harvey show and just learned about life from him but uh no so you go in there and everyone sits in like these big uh conference rooms i think we we're at the marriott
1: okay uh,
0: it could have been a like some hotel it doesn't really matter which one honestly sorry if you want us to get a shout-out, you could probably pay us, Marriott, or other other hotels. Uh, or anyone. Anyone who has the, the bag that can throw to us can get shouts out in places like this. Anyway, uh, I guess Family Feud's getting a nice plug today for no money, but that's okay. Um, so you go in there, a bunch of families all sitting in there cramped in this little conference room. Uh, the sign-up takes forever, as these things do, because there's, like, forms to fill out. And what happens is uh, they go two at a time, and you basically play, like, a fake simulated game... Hosted by my man Avery is the Steve Harvey stand-in. I gotta say, Avery's pretty good. Like, if Steve leaves the show and they do a new host, they should probably look long and hard at Avery. Oh wow! Like, they have homegrown talent. That's 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 all I'm gonna say. Like, the scouting report is real positive on him. Like, I don't think they need to use p- any more draft picks on Family Feud hosts. Wow, they've got it ready. But anyway, so you play the game. There's not like a big board or anything fancy. There's just literally bells on the table. So the first person, like, they do two face-off, like, rounds, basically. So they ask the question, and the leads of both sides get to try to ring and answer it. Whoever's answer is is better is, uh, like, number one on the chart or whatever, or highest. They go first, that round, the first round, and then you run through it like usual. And then even if they get them all right, they give the other family a chance to, quote-unquote, steal. Because they want to, it's not about winning or losing. It's like about how you are on camera and how much energy you bring, and, and probably how attractive you are. Because let's be honest, like that's how television works. They're not gonna put like five of the mad ugliest people you ever seen <laughs> on there. Like it just they, they just won't do it. That's just that's life. Um, and then the second time they do another face off with the second person in each family. Uh, but they, it doesn't matter who wins that one. The the one who didn't go last time gets to go, and then just like the just like in round one. The uh, the family who doesn't go gets a chance to steal, even if the other family gets them all, just so they can get you know the uh, like the everyone gets a shot to participate basically. So that's the that's that's the rundown of how you try out for Family Feud.
1: How did you guys pick the members in your family? Because I feel like
0: you know you're gonna have some people left out. Um, not really. Honestly, like I feel like it's my brother-in-law Dave made the selection, so I was recruited to this. Um And so it was me, my dad, Dave and my sister slash his wife, Jess, and then Dave's mom. So that's that's really covers like a lot of our like immediate family and not even immediate, but like our, our family or in the city. So it's like he, Dave has another brother named Dooch, but he lives in Oklahoma. So that's not. Wait, what? What? That's a nickname. Okay. But yeah. People call him <laughs> Dooch um but so he lives in oklahoma so that's like you don't got to feel bad about not including him like that's you can't come right. out for an hour audition for family feud um so like, that's really like there's obviously other people who we would be close to but it's, like, it has to be like family like they get like they you can't come in with like oh my homie like nah it's family right. so that's really like kind of covers a lot of the people we would want to bring on on family feud
1: I'm rooting for you guys, man. I got fingers crossed. I want to see the uh, Bradfords on there and, and Ty pretending to be one.
0: What did you say? Bradford? <laughs> yeah. That's not the name. What is it? I'm not, no, I'm not going to give it out on the podcast. Okay, okay. I'm too famous. I don't need people writing letters and you know I can't have my, my brother-in-law being stalked because of this. That's true. You know, the paparazzi are already outside my door. I don't need them outside their door as well. You gotta give a shout out to Talker Stock
1: Talk when you get on there though with Steve Harvey. Would you be like? I'd freak out. I'd I'd definitely you know I'd I'd be nervous on there. I might struggle. I might, a little
0: bit. You might have to you know go in a little soft, just to handle the pressure. Wow, that's a joke. I would never disrespect Steve Harvey in a show like that. <laughs> I love how you covered your ground there. Yeah. Just in
1: case someone from Family Feud is one of the uh 18 people listening to the podcast. Yo, that would
0: be the funniest <laughs> thing ever. Like if they if I if they like sent me an email and said that was the reason why, I would make it my pinned tweet for all time. That would be amazing. Like we were going to have you on but you threatened to get drunk before the taping, yeah. so we uh we, we we can't do it, sorry. I'd be that's like, amazing. yo, that's that's incredible. Even though I walked it back. Sometimes, sometimes when talkers talk, they need to walkers walk their way back on what they said. Because, listen, a lot of things come out your mouth during a podcast. Like there's, true, man. People will ask me like, "Remember, you said this thing?" And I'm like, "Probably not." Like I do, and now I'm back to doing two of these a week. I say a lot of things on each one. I talk a lot in person. I never go back and like listen to them. So no, I don't remember what I said in in February. It's it's been it's been a while, my guy.
1: I get nervous sometimes, man. Like I want to I wanna enter state politics and maybe, you know, go down that avenue at some point in my life. And I worry, I have like this irrational fear that future opponent is going to pull up Tucker's talk and see that I called one woman a lunch lady, you know, that and I could just derail
0: <laughs> my whole career. I feel like you've said worse things on Time Out with Ty. Air Horns, that's, that's fun, a, that's a sure. good podcast you should check out. But uh, I think there's been some moments on there that uh, have been questionable as well. I have a question for you, speaking of questionable. Man, so all-NBA teams are going to be tough. People are already talking, like, which of KD, LeBron, and Giannis won't be uh, a first-team all-NBA forward. I'm less worried about that because they'll all be all-NBA forwards, just one won't be first-team. Here's a list of guards in the NBA. Uh, Steph Curry, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Victor Oladipo, Damian Lillard, DeMar DeRozan, Kyrie Irving, Chris Paul, Clay Thompson. That is, I believe, nine guards. There are six All NBA first team or not first team. Six All NBA slots. Period. Three of those guards will not be all NBA players. Which three? I feel like like Clay Thompson's incredible and I feel like you can't even really consider him.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say Clay would be I think this is a such a good problem to have because the league is so stacked with talent. Yeah, that you have to leave these guys out, but I feel like you can't put Clay in there. Um, I think Oladipo, you
0: might have to cut. Oh man, I feel like he has to make it. Over who though? Ah, uh, Chris Paul's been hurt. Yeah, but you have to cut three though, so
1: yeah. Chris has to go as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm saying Chris Paul, Clay Thompson. So we'll we'll take out them. Then we need yeah, to yeah. take out one more. You know, um, games played has been a big time argument in a lot of awards lately. And sooner or later, we are going to have to look at Stephen Curry and see how many games he set out this season. But on the other hand, is there really a universe where Steph and Clay both are not all NBA guards and they still are probably going to win the title? Like, it seems like, I mean, KD might be the best player on the team, but still, like, Steph and Clay are pretty damn good as well. And Steph has played in 50 games already, so even if he misses the rest of the regular season, he's got well more than half that he was suited up for. This is tough. This is really tough.
1: Yeah, I mean, you got to put Dame in there. He's having a ridiculous season, and he's having like a Steph Curry type year. DeRozan's like third in MVP right now. You got to put Kyrie in there. Hardens a shoe, wind. Yeah, I think I don't know. I think Oladipo, you gotta leave Oladipo off. All right, I'm gonna pull up. ai
0: am gonna pull up a comparison. We're gonna do Kyrie Irving, Steph Curry, and Vic Oladipo because I do feel like Steph is closer to not making it than like Demar. Like Demar has to make it. Hmm. If Damar doesn't make All NBA, that's horrible. I think. Like, I find it interesting
1: though, and I'm probably wrong on this, and this is just my bias coming out, but. I think you can almost make a better case
0: for, like, a Bradley Beal. Oh, let me put let me put Bradley Beal in here. And then I'll we'll read some of their important numbers. PER, the only stat you ever need, of course. That'll tell us what's what. All right, per game. Should we do it per game or per 36? What do you like better? Got to go per game. All right, per game. Now, this is smart answer. Brad Beal plays more per game than any of these guys. Um, per game, points. Steph leads the group with 26. I forgot he was so... Yeah, he's, he's going to make it. Yeah, he's got to be in there. Kyrie Irving is next. Vic is next. Brad Beal is last. Um, Brad at 23.3. Vic at 23.4. And Kyrie at 24.4. Um, rebounds. It's also Steph, which is wild. No, I'm sorry. Vic has 0. .2 more. Oladipo, 5.3. Steph, 5.1. Beal, 4.5. Kyrie, 3.8. Assists is Steph 6.2, which I think is a career high. Then Beal at 4.7, Kyrie at five. Oh, then Kyrie, excuse me, at 5.1. Uh, Oladipo is 4.2 and Beal is 4.7. Steals, Vic Oladipo 2.3 steals per game, which is close to the top of the NBA. I'm sure Steph has 1.6, Beal has 1.2, Kyrie has 1.1. Um, Vic almost has a block per game, point eight. Ah, uh, Beal's at 0.5, Kyrie 0.3, Steph 0.1. He doesn't do it very often. Uh, turnovers: Beal and Steph both have both have three exactly. Um, excuse me, Vic and Steph both have three turnovers exactly. Beal has 2.6, Kyrie has 2.3. Uh, field goal percentage is Steph 49.4, Kyrie 49.1, Vic 47.1, Brad Beal 46.3. And three point percentage is Steph, Kyrie, Beal, Oladipo. It's really tough. It's so tough.
1: Yeah, but if I if I had to choose the three that don't make it, um, I think you got you got to put Steph in there. He's yeah,
0: like, he's in there. He's in there. He's in there. He's, he's better than these guys. Like he's a better yeah. player.
1: Yes, yeah. I mean, Clay, you got to leave off Chris. Clay I is guess. done. Well, um, Clay, Chris Paul. And... Chris is
0: tough to leave off too.
1: He all of these guys are so hard to leave off. I'm
0: not a I'm not a huge like RPM guy. Chris Paul leads the league in it. Uh per thirty-six minutes, twenty one points, nine assists, six point two rebounds. Oh wait, why am I doing that? Was per game? Yeah, uh, just a freak though, man. Per game is eighteen point seven points, five point five rebounds, eight assists exactly, one point eight steals. Just really, really good, but I don't think individually he's been better than any of these other guys.
1: Yeah, you're probably right on that. I mean, yeah, final call. I'd probably go Clay. Unfortunately, Chris Paul and Oladipo, as well. What about
0: you? I might. I don't know. I just feel like it's just wrong that Oladipo is gonna have this kind of a season and have the Pacers, who people really hated, at thirty and twenty. You know, like up there. I know we're gonna talk about the Utah Jazz later. They they're also thirty and twenty. Like Indiana's been. And, and just win total wise as good as Utah which is pretty wild considering you know the players on each team but yeah I guess I mean we're gonna there's no is there is there a consideration for leaving off Russell Westbrook there's I don't think so like let's let's look at it that way to sort of see who who could be left off otherwise like Harden's in tomorrow yeah, I think is in yeah Um, Dame has got to be in I think DeRozan has to be in Russ, I mean, listen, people like to you know talk some trash about Russ guys averaging twenty five nine point seven, and ten point two per game, and the thunder are good, yeah, he's on the verge of averaging another triple double,
1: and this is an individual award like you he's in there, arguably first team, right?
0: yeah, I feel like Harden's well, no, harden's gonna be there, okay, it's gonna be harden and someone. I mean he couldn't make the first team. Yeah, it's got to be up for who else would be up for it? DeRozan and him probably. De DeRozan and him, and maybe I don't know. Just staff has just become. I think he's gonna miss almost the rest of the season, though. So I don't, I don't think he'll, I don't think he'll be up for first team because of that.
1: Yeah, I don't know.
0: Okay, hey, let's put in uh Harden and DeRozan real quick and see what their their numbers are for this first team business. Oh, let me get Damon here too. Let's take Vic out. I wish you could do more than six players at a time in the uh, Basketball Reference Player Comparison Finder. I mean, I don't want to complain because Basketball Reference is incredible, but it would be nice if. A lot of backpedaling on on today's. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's what we do here. That's <laughs> what we do here. Um, Harden, thirty point nine points, eight point seven assists, five point two rebounds, nearly two steals per game. 45 from the field, 37 from three, uh, 87-ish from free throw. Uh, DeMar, only 23.7 points, but he shoots two and a half times less per game than Harden. Four rebounds, 5.1 assists. Best player on the best team in the East. That should matter. Uh, They're going to be the one seed, almost certainly, unless Boston goes on an incredible run. And then Dame is 26.8 points, 6.6 assists, 4.5 boards, Exactly one steal, uh, 44, 37, 91. Wow, Dave's a really good so. uh, free-throw shooter. And then if you look at games played, DeMar leads the field. Well, him, him and Russ have both played a nice 69 games. Harden's played 61, Dave's played 62, and then, yeah, Steph's only played 50. So I, I, don't, I think Steph's, gonna, Steph's probably going to be third team, if we're being honest. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. There's always a snub that happens, you know. Oh, I mean, listen, Chris Paul having this kind of a season and not going and Oladipo. Those are and both. And Chris, Chris Paul wasn't an All Star, right? Uh no, he wasn't because the way it works, they had to give it to someone from the East. So Goran Jokic was an All Star, and Chris Paul wasn't. Right, which is crazy. Um, no, I think it's gonna be first team will be Harden and maybe Demar. Give it to the first seeds in the in the conferences then Westbrook and Lillard. And then Steph and uh, who else did we say was going to make it? Steph and Kyrie. Yep. And I think Kyrie, I mean, Kyrie's hurt right now too. So I could see if Vic plays the rest of the season, the Pacers stay strong, his stats stay good, and Kyrie doesn't play much more. I could see Vic over Kyrie for that spot.
1: Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. These things are such a toss-up because, I mean, in the past, it's been a way to make up for players that weren't all-stars. I remember Al Jefferson made an all-NBA team because he wasn't an all-star. It seemed that way. And Dragic made an all-NBA team as well. So I, I don't know.
0: Like, I can see Chris Paul getting a nod. That'd be interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much the voters this year are going to look at games played. Like, The more you look at it, the more it skews, like, away from Steph, maybe now away from Kyrie and towards, like, the real workhorses. I mean, it's such an important thing to look at. I mean, yeah, listen, if you're not on the floor, not much else matters. Like, you're not going to give any awards to guys who can't play. And that's why I I still stand behind Malcolm Brogdon's Rookie of the Year with the caveat that I've always been team give it to a rookie who actually matters in the league. Because the Sixers didn't matter that season. They didn't make the playoffs. Brogdon was a crucial cog on Milwaukee. Like, when Wiggins won it, he shouldn't have, and Nikola Vucevic should have won it because he was a role player on a Bulls team that made the playoffs that year and I think made at least the second round. And Wiggins was just chucking on a terrible, terrible uh, Timberwolves team. So I think that stuff matters. Like, all that stuff should be taken into account. Like, that's why we have awards. It's not just, like, determined by you know, points per game king. Like, there's more that goes into it than that. Even if Harden leads the league and wins MVP that year, it's it's more than just the points. But what are we looking at when we're, when we're
1: deciding all NBA teams? Is it, is it the 15 best players in the NBA or the players that were most impactful for their own teams?
0: Well, it's never the 15 best players because there's got to be centers in there. Right. So, but that that being said, and the stupid positional things we do... um. I think it should be a mix, like who are the best players, and you know that season who were the the fifteen guys who were like made the most positive impact. I would say like were the best in the NBA, but it's not like if you play one game and you put up like sixty twenty, like you're yeah. not all NBA. If you only play one game, like you have to, it has to be consistency, and it has to be. I think winning should be involved. Like none of these guys we're talking about are on bad teams and to that I say good I don't think your stats should matter as much if your team stinks because like what's really the point point? and I think that's where you can make a case
1: for someone like Brad Beal because the Wizards were expected to really suck after John Wall got hurt and yeah. right now they've maintained home court advantage above Victor Oladipo's Pacers which I mean they've been banged up as well but at least as of late they've been relatively healthy
0: yeah, I mean, I think, and they're finally getting uh, Glenn Robinson. But I actually have more Pacers stuff. That's going to be one of my tenders. But do you uh, do you have a question for me before we get there? Yeah, I mean, we talked a lot about
1: Steph's health and uh, how many games he's missed and how that might play a part in his all NBA standing. But I don't think he really cares about individual awards at this point. They're gunning for another championship, or a repeat. And now KD's out with a rib injury. Uh, will Steph and KD's health be a cause for concern once the playoffs begin? Because I think, uh, obviously, luck is involved with all championship teams. You, you need to have luck on your side, and uh, that pertains to health mostly. Is this the demise of are we watching, like, just the Warriors get unlucky and, and, you know, have their two best players banged up right around the corner right before the playoffs begin and have that derail their championship hopes? Or is this just a
0: non non-worry? So this is something where you will find a lot of warriors exceptionalism, exceptionalists saying it does not matter, um, like nothing really matters. Like that sounds very nihilistic, but I mean I think I think it's very important uh, to to cut off my little intro there. Like I think not having either one of those guys, especially Steph, for even part of a series against like the Rockets and the Rockets likely with home court in that series is huge like all the rockets have to do to beat the warriors in a series and it's, I say all like it's easy but all they would have to do is win the home games without Steph like I could see the rockets taking 4 games out of out of 7 in a series against the uh, the warriors I mean you look at it these these numbers have always been this way in the Steph Curry era they are almost like everyone anyone else can be off the floor and they're still great like, when Katie's off the floor, the Warriors kill teams by 10 points per 100 possessions. The guy who they are worse with when he's not on the court still, and every year it's like this, all the guys who play meaningful minutes, is Steph. They are... This is... The Warriors are 5.1 points per 100 possessions better than other teams without Steph. That's compared to the the bulk of their minutes. They are 9.9 points better. So they're half as good without Steph. And actually, it's less than that because when they're on the floor, when he's on there specifically... They're 14.7 points better than opponents, so it's you're losing 10 points per 100 possessions when you don't have Steph out there. Basically, is what happened. Like they're better with KD than without KD, etc., etc. But like Steph is still the most important cog on this team. And actually, huh? When KD's on the floor, they outscore opponents by 9.8 points per 100 possessions. When he's off the floor, they outscore him by 10. So actually, technically, they're worse without KD. But that's not true. Obviously, I'm not saying bench Katie or anything stupid. There's so much noise in those numbers, but before someone actually thinks that I'm I'm suggesting that I'm not. Um, but the staff number I think does hold true. Like it affects them greatly, and the Rockets are a hell of a lot better than 5.5 points per hundred possession, better than their opponents this season. You know, Harden's going to play like the whole game. Like that really matters. Like it matters against every team. There's other good teams in the West too, but like the the Rockets are. Really freaking dangerous, man. So do you think it'll, I mean,
1: we don't know what their standing is going to be long term and if they're going to miss any games in the playoffs, but if they go in limping, do you think, let's say even if they, they aren't 100%, but they have Steph and Katie on the floor at say like 75%, do you think they can still potentially lose a series?
0: Yes, I actually do. I mean, I think like they, they haven't really turned it on at all this season and part of me knows that, like, that's because they've been banged up and because they're just waiting for the playoffs. But, I mean, this is something that we've talked about with Cleveland before. Like, does, like, can you really flip the switch and just play instantly better just because it's the playoffs now? Like, does it work that way? Like, does, or is there going to be a little rust? Like, I don't know. Like, I think they're still the best team in the NBA. I think I would favor them if if they were, they had KD and Steph and other guys banged up. But I do think the Rockets have a real chance to win. I think the Rockets have a slight chance to win, even if both teams are healthy. That's how good they are. Wow. But I, I think that uh, if the Warriors have, like, Steph and Katie not at 100%, that would be really – I mean, it's going to be tough. Like, they're not going to have home court, which, you know, everyone laughs and says it doesn't matter, including kind of the Warriors. But I think it, it does. Like, that extra home game is important.
1: I think so, too. I, I mean, I disagree that I, I think everybody goes into the playoffs banged up. Obviously, probably not to this extent, but I, I just don't see anyone beating them four games. But I, it's another thing to add on to, you know, intrigue into this playoff. So I can't believe it's 15 games away or whatever it is.
0: I think like less. I think like 12. It's insane. I think we're like around 70 games in at this point in the season. Um. And uh, no, I mean that I guess that's a decent segue for
1: my swipe right. I mean we're like you said a dozen games left into the season and the Jazz are fifth in the in the West, huh? Eh? Like, who who would have thought this after losing Gordon Hayward this summer? myself included, thought the Jazz were gonna plummet to the bottom of the Western Conference standings. They didn't replace Hayward, it was it was late in the free agency. They signed Thabo Cephalosha. It's just like a I guess a decent rotation player. He's coming off the bench on most good teams. But here we are a dozen or so games left in the season and Jazz are fifth being carried by Donovan Mitchell who's just pulling switch hands layups
0: looking better than Jumpman did it. Ooh. Am I wrong on that? I mean I'm not going to go there but I, have I will you seen say. That, have you, I mean you yeah, seen I've that seen switch hands layup. Seen, I've seen the layup. Have you seen the side by side tie? Uh, I'm not sure. I might have. It. I mean arguably better than Jumpman's. Arguably, sure.
1: Uh, Rudy Gobert, who says there's no question he's defensive player of the year this year, and I'd agree. Jazz won nine straight, 21 out of their last 23, with the league-best defensive rating during that stretch. Shout-out to Eric Woodyard of the Desert News for that stat. He's the league's most imposing defender, and I mean, now looking back, one could say that he was always their best player. People are, you know, there's a lot of hubbub that the Jazz lost their best player this summer. In, reali- in reality, like, it might have always been Rudy Gobert. I mean... The rest of the league is like playing catch-up with the Warriors, like we were talking about. But, I mean, the Jazz created their own kind of brand of basketball. With ball movement and just straight-up defense. And they do a better job than any other team in the league at you know, finding gems that we've talked about in, in the past that start contributing. Jonas Dorepco, who was, you know a third third stringer on most teams, is coming out and he's and he balls out for them. And now they got David Stockton. Shout out to David Stockton. He's probably gonna find a role in the team. So I mean who no one could have predicted this. So shout out to the Jazz.
0: Shout out to the Jazz for sure. Um it remains to be seen how they will do in the playoffs against anyone. Like obviously Mitchell is a rookie, maybe rookie of the year. Um, Gobert is incredible, but we saw like when they played the Warriors in the first round last year. The Warriors were like, "Oh, Rudy, you're you're really good in the paint. How about you come out here and try to defend?" And it didn't go as well. Yeah, but they beat the Clippers in the first round. Yeah, and they but were the, the Clippers seat, you know? the the banged up Clippers who ended up like they were without Chris Paul and Blake by the end of that series, I think. Uh, listen, I got I got to see it again, and obviously, like losing Hayward does hurt as much as salty jazz fans will tell you. Donovan Mitchell's better. I, I don't know about all that. Um, quick question: This isn't any of my things, but do you think Mitchell or is Ben Simmons should be Rookie of the Year? Man, I. <sighs> I'm in the camp that if you were drafted a year before your rookie year,
1: like you're not a you're not a real rookie. Like you, I get that you haven't played, you haven't stepped on the court actually and gotten NBA minutes, but you've gotten a year of being around NBA coaches, watching NBA players practice, learning the plays, and just understanding the system, getting to know your coach. I mean, these things these things matter a lot, and these are things Donovan Mitchell wasn't
0: you know didn't wasn't exposed to. Yeah, but he I mean, they're, they're the same age. Like, does it really matter that much? Like, I don't know. I mean, I, I can think see so. It. I mean, that's definitely an advantage, though. No? I mean, maybe, but you still gotta play. Like, it doesn't. Like, I don't know. I think I mean, he's. I think he should be rookie year based on play alone. I mean, he's maybe been leading the rookies in points. I believe he's leading the rookies in steals. Um, no, Mitchell nineteen point nine points does lead the rookie in points. Um, to Simmons is sixteen point three, but if you look at every other stat, it's Ben uh rebounds Mitchell 3.7 Ben 7.8 uh assists 3.6 for Mitchell 7.7 for Simmons steals 1.4 for Mitchell 1.7 for Simmons blocks 0.4 for Mitchell 0.9 for Simmons he has him in field goal uh efficiency obviously Mitchell has three point percentage because Ben is 0 for 1 in the season I think and uh Mitchell's a better free throw shooter uh, you can argue that Mitchell has a bigger offensive load because Simmons also has M- uh, Embiid on his team, but and I mean he has he has just more talent around
1: him. Period. Yeah, like the Jazz well, off, don't have much offensive talent. Yeah, they don't yeah. have much offensive talent. Like that. Joe Ingles is probably their second best offensive player. Donovan yeah. Mitchell, Rudy bear has been putting up like nineteen and thirteen during their during their recent streak, but he's not, like, a go-to guy you can dump the ball to in a post or anyone who can space the floor for you. But, I mean, yeah, Donovan does handle the brunt of their offense, and he's a rookie.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I can see it going either way. I think, personally, I would give the edge to Simmons right now. Oh, this is really tough. Like, both of their teams are better than people kind of thought they would be. Um, uh, man. I don't, I don't know. Let's see. The 76ers are 38-30 and the Jazz are 40 and 30. So the Jazz are a game better right now. A game better in a in
1: a tough conference and they re- yeah. I mean they won 21 out of the last 23. They look like a le- like a legit team right now. I don't think they win the championship or even compete for it obviously, but I mean they're I, who, who would they play right now? The Thunder in the first round? Like I think they had have, have a legitimate chance against that team.
0: Yeah, they, they I think they would too. I mean, you're going to see the right now the Sixers would go up against the Cavs. They would, Which lose. would be sick. I think they would lose to the Cavs, but that would be a really fun series. With the Celtics as banged up as they are, like, I think everyone in the bottom seeds would like to draw Boston right now. They have no one in on their team. Man, like that that whole Eastern Conference first round
1: is a straight up toss up.
0: Except for 1-8. Except for 1-8. Yeah, I don't I don't think I don't think the, the Heat could beat the Raptors. I don't think the Bucks could beat the Raptors.
1: Man, something about the Raptors, it just leaves something to be desired, I feel like. Like, they're better than what they're... They should be better than what I, they like.
0: I really... I hope that they absolutely blow out whoever they play in the first round. So I think they need that. Like, I think they should come out and win in four or five. Including game one, which they've literally always lost their game once. Like, they should come out in Toronto and just, like, blitz the Miami Heat. And just end the series after a game. Which isn't really a true thing, but it kind of is. Like, I think that's what they have to do. Like, it's like... Shut everyone up from the jump. They need like, that, listen. right? Yeah, they need that. They absolutely need
1: that. If they're pushed to even, I mean, even if it's a tough game one, and they end up winning like a hard-fought five games, yeah, like the they can go in fragile. Yeah, I mean, and
0: also like you want the rest, like push it a little bit, win in exactly. four, and then get like whoever makes it out of like right now two seven is Bucks Celtics. I feel like that's like a long series. I mean, I, I mean, it might be maybe the Bucks could win actually, just because Boston is so banged up. Kyrie's missed time, obviously Hayward's not going to be playing. I think now, uh, um, not Jason Tatum, but Jalen Brown is uh, banged up. I think Tatum is too. Like they and Theus is out for the year. I think like they are really getting thin on players right now. So it's, I mean, Cleveland's got some real random guys playing too, real minutes. But I mean, they've had I think Love will be back by the playoffs, but. Like Boston's vulnerable, so either they lose or it's a long series. Seventy uh, Sixers, Cavs. I could see. I think like Cleveland win in five, but they'd be really fun games. And then Wizards, Pacers. I have that'd be really entertaining.
1: That'd be really entertaining. Uh, I don't know. Like Boston's weird. Like they, they have a strange concoction of players. Like I, I have no idea who Daniel Theis was before the season. He looks like he's a part of Limb Biscuit. <laughs> yeah, he kind of does. But he's apparently, like, good.
0: Yeah, he can, he can play it. Well, I mean, that's the, uh, you know, what's funny is if he's a free agent, someone's going to sign him to, like, a two-year $16 million deal. Not that much, but maybe a three-year $15 million deal. And he's just going to absolutely stink because he plays yeah, for that, Brad Stevens. That man's going to be Ernie Grunfeld. No, that man's going to, oh, yeah, Oh for <laughs> sure, for sure it will. He is going to be the new uh, Jay Crowder. A.K.A. the new Isaiah Thomas, aka the new flawed role player who Brad Stevens masks very well. Yep. He's just he's the best at that, I think, among all coaches and getting the absolute most out of guys. Like even the other great coaches, they usually like they can't make guys look that good who aren't that good. And I think Stevens, He has like
1: three bodybuilders on his team that look like they've never played basketball but somehow contribute when they play for Boston.
0: Gershon Yabaselli is getting that real guy. minutes now. Uh, the dancing bear they call him. Here's their injury report: Jalen Brown's got a concussion, expected to return by the end of March. Hayward's out. Irving has just random left knee soreness, and they're hoping there's no surgery needed for that. Smurf is out for maybe most of the playoffs because he had to get surgery on his thumb. And yeah, Theus is out for the season. He tore his meniscus. So wow, they this is, this is, they this are running with they are running with some random players. Kadeem Allen is playing here. Scary Terry Rozier has been huge for them. Greg Monroe's going to have more of a role now, which is fun for me.
1: Yeah, and they have that one dude who's the first like Egyptian-born player ever.
0: Oh, is that uh, Oluge? Or is that... Oh, no, it's no. Abdel Nader. Abdel Nader. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Alexandria, Egypt. He was tearing it up for the Red Claws last season. I don't think the Boston people I follow have liked him thus far. Yeah, me neither. Oh, uh, yeah, he's under 40% from the field. Tenders. Struggling a little bit. Yeah, he's not He's not doing <laughs> great. Oh, Shane Larkin's going to get a bag after this year, I think. He might. Even though he's at four points per game, maybe he won't. Let's see, who who who's getting real minutes who's going to get a bag because they played in Boston? We already talked about theus. Greg Monroe, maybe? I think he deserves a bag. He's good. I don't think so. I don't think he'll get one. Quietly, quietly, Marcus Smart is, like, I don't think he's he'll actually. He'll get one. I don't think he's there'll that
1: good. Some, I don't think he's that good either, but there'll be teams that miss out on their, you know, first three uh top free agents and they just, you know, like think, a Lakers type. I think they're, they're going to keep signing.
0: him. I think they're actually going to keep him. He's restricted. I don't think they'd let him go unless the offer was ridiculous. Mm. He does seem important there. His defense is incredible. Rogier Like Rogier's numbers are good but not great and people really like him and he's a Boston guy. Like I could see Rogier getting like having a good play. Like I think he's a free agent after next season. Yeah. Yeah, so you I could see a that... couple couple good playoff runs for Rogier. He becomes the main backup and he's going to get like 10 million a year.
1: Yeah, I'd watch for that Marcus Smart thing, Matt, cuz like I feel like they could use him as a filler if, if they leave if if they let him walk.
0: Ro- Rogier? Yeah. If oh, they yeah. let Oh Marcus yeah, that if if they sign Marcus Smart to a big deal, they're probably going to lose Rogier. Yeah, because obviously Kyrie is still there too
1: but they might value Rozier more than Marcus Smart and just you know um, Rozier can let shoot. Smart walk.
0: yeah Rozier can shoot but he's obviously not the defender Marcus is they can put Marcus Smart at like any position it's kind of ridiculous yeah I've seen him guard fours just on a regular basis yeah it's, it's normal for him whoever he has to it's not like he can't guard a point guard it's ridiculous also just so much effort yeah All I've right. never seen the dude quit no, never. I mean, he tried to play through his thing, but I'm glad he didn't like he saw what happened to uh Isaiah. Yeah. I'm swiping right on the freaking Indiana Pacers. As I mentioned 40 and 30, I'll largely think to Victor Depot. We kind of covered this already, but my other piston, er, not p- Pacers thing that matters is Glenn Robinson 3, a uh, little big dog. I think is someone who, before the year, I was like, oh, he'll probably be pretty important for them. And he's missed almost all the season with injury thus far. He's just kind of coming back now. He hasn't looked that great yet. Um, I think 12 games he's played so far uh, as of recording time. And even without him, pretty much at all, they've been that good. Largely thanks to Vic. But I do think it's important to uh, shout out, in addition to Oladipo and some of the other players who have been pretty good, like Nate McMillan is having a really successful coaching season, and he's someone who I thought was like too, too antiquated. Is that how you say that? Antiquated. Antiquated, thank you. <laughs> and maybe he is because they're 25th in the NBA and three-pointers attempted, but they are winning games. So I guess that's all that matters, question mark. They might be bad next season, randomly, by the way. I could they're just one of those teams, right? Yeah. It just kind of all fell together for him. I don't even have that many other takes. I'm just, like, I'm I'm happy for them because, like, they got clowned on, I think, harder than anyone else after the Paul George trade. Like, I think it was viewed as worse than Jimmy Butler. It was viewed as worse than uh, Kyrie, uh, which now, maybe not. Well, I mean, that Nets pick is going to be really good, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I think the, the Pacers are good, and that's fun, and I thought the trade was stupid, too, and Victor Oladipo is hella good, it turns out, and he's probably going to play there forever because he went to school in Indiana. And they they gave him a shot, and he's doing well there. So good for everyone involved. I'm almost sad that they're as good as they are because I feel like if they're one
1: other really good young player away and this year's draft is stacked from being like a, a future contender.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, they, they could always get lucky, right? I mean, any team can get a pick around where... Mitchell got drafted and get lucky like, that's just a lesson. I think Paul George was what ten overall. Yeah, so that's not terribly high. I mean, it's high, but yeah, like it's there's ways to get picks like that. I don't know how they. That's true. I would mean, a ton
1: pick. of teams passed on Miles Turner as well, yeah, noting that he can yeah. run or he had big feet or whatever, and and they they took a chance on him and he's panned out thus far.
0: Quietly, uh, good, veteran signings by them. Like I didn't know how much these were gonna turn out, but they've gotten a lot out of Boyan. That young has been pretty good there. Darren Collison's yeah. been good there. Corey Joe has been fun. Yeah, I watched them start
1: Al Jefferson yesterday against marching Gortat. Wild. Like it was a battle of two dinosaurs, man. Like Gortat couldn't guard him, Al Jefferson couldn't guard Gortat. It was brutal.
0: Yeah, I don't know. That that's tough for them. Yeah, I think right now they're they're working on trying to play without Sabonis or Miles Turner, and that's really yeah. tough for them. Both of those, they, they might have to trade one of those guys or something. Maybe just keep them both and try to see if they can <laughs> play together. But like, they have two good young centers, age twenty one each.
1: Yeah, and I think they can both space the floor. They can play probably play together. Sabonis so might be more of a four than he is a five. I think he's 6'9". Oh really? Yeah.
0: Oh, I thought he was taller. No, oh, he's it's, well, he's got he's listed as six eleven. Oh really? Well, yeah. Yeah, is he, I don't. Is, buy he, that. Is, he, is he taller than his dad? I don't think so. What's, His dad what's might Arvidas. be Oh God, no! Arvidas is listed as seven three. Yeah,
1: that dude, pound for pound greatest chest hair ever. That dude looks like he just did push ups
0: and grew chest hair <laughs> for a living. That's kind of accurate, to a certain extent. I mean, also uh, drafted twice somehow, fourth round <laughs> in nineteen eighty five and first round in 1980. How did how did that happen? I
1: have no idea. That's Do some uh, like. Russian That's... collusion, to be honest with you, right there.
0: Well, some guys got drafted twice, like NBA, ABA, but I don't think these were both listed as NBA drafts. I'm going to Google that. Probably
1: just scared him into. I don't know who drafted him first, but he was the like, Hawks. No,
0: the Hawks. Yeah, he, he's possible. not going to Atlanta. He's are you like, Yeah, me? I'm not. I refuse.
1: Yeah, draft me again, and the commissioner's like, is probably like, Yeah, you can't though. Like, you can't get drafted again. He's like, No, I can't. I'm getting <laughs> drafted again, and he's the first one to ever do it.
0: Oh, okay. Here's what happened. The selection was voided because Sabonis was under 21 at the time of the draft, and I guess that was not okay back then. Imagine not knowing that. I guess it was the 77th overall pick, so it's not that embarrassing. Oh. But uh, after that, he suffered a devastating Achilles injury, but was still picked by the Blazers at 24 overall. And he was still not allowed to play with the the NBA yet. So he had to. He just went to Portland and like practiced there and didn't play for a year. He's one of those guys
1: that I wish his NBA career was extended or he came earlier. I know. I a, know. He. What, how old was he when he entered the like in his late twenties, right?
0: Yeah. Let's see. His first. Yeah. He did not play until he was thirty-one in the NBA. Wow. That's wild. That like after he was drafted by an NBA team, he led the Soviet Union to gold against the U.S.
1: Granted, I think he was playing against college players nah, at the time. He
0: was, but one of them was David Robinson. That's true. Danny Manning and Mitch Richmond were there too. That's wild.
1: Yeah. He,
0: uh, in 2011, he said he thinks that overuse by the coaches at the Soviet National Program was a major factor to his first Achilles injury.
1: Yeah, they probably worked his ass off. That's probably all they did they was did. They did.
0: Yeah, <laughs> they uh, also in 88... When he had he had Portland uh, fix his ACL, but he was rushed back on the floor with the USSR team. He was limping at the time for the Olympics. That's wild, man. That is pretty crazy. That's that's the uh, when they won gold. Like that was he rushed back after the ACL surgery, and then they won gold. That's wild. He put up 13 and 13 in the gold medal game.
1: He might be one of the most underrated basketball players of all time, or just just on you know, like
0: like toughness and yeah. I mean, he's won three gold medals for international play, uh, that Olympics, uh, the FIBA World Cup in '82. They beat Colombia and then in the title and EuroBasket, FIBA EuroBasket for the Soviet Union. He uh, they won in '85.
1: Just man, they were just building freaks back then.
0: Well, I mean, the Soviet, the Soviet
1: Union, Union had, I wonder, had literal athletic s- schools where all you did was lift and just train for future Olympics.
0: I'm trying to see what this the what the Soviet team looked like that year. Like, it's, it's hard to find a roster for something. Oh, here we go. I can tell you what it looked like. A bunch of short-haired,
1: cut, really <laughs> brolic Russian dudes.
0: Well, I'm trying to see how many other guys I recognize, and the answer not, is either. zero. <laughs> zero. Yeah, well, I I, did, I wondered, you know, because if they if they get all the countries in the Soviet Union, like that's a good amount. Like, wasn't Yugoslavia was in the Soviet Union, wasn't it? Yugoslavia was a separate entity with like was... other countries in Yugoslavia. So
1: like the same system though, like Serbia, Croatia, Bosnia were all Yugoslavia. Was, whereas it, Russia, Ukraine, Belarus, whatever were Soviet Union. Yeah
0: oh okay so they wouldn't yeah. all those guys wouldn't be on the team
1: no no they played against them though those those matchups were awesome Drazen Petrovic on the yugoslavian uh, team uh, vlade divas was on the yugoslavian team Tony kukic was on the yugoslavian team just studs
0: dudes well, who balled out in the nba we've talked re- more recently about like how if they did team yugoslavia today it'd be really good ridiculous. I like mean they have... would, they would stomp everyone except America. And if if we're talking like the yeah. USA is only using D League guys, guys, then they're winning it all. Kill. Yeah, I mean they'd have like 30
1: NBA players to pick from. You'd have guys left off.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Like it would be like I there would be a couple years from now, it would be real sad cuz they'd have to leave Goran off. Like they would just have to. Like there's just no yeah. other way. Like he would get left off soon because there's a lot of good Serbs and Croatian players. And Teo Dalsic as well, who's led the Serbian team
1: to the Olympic gold medal game and the uh, World Championship gold medal game.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if they would be able I don't think it would work, honestly, if they tried to do it now. Like with like how the way everything's worked since then. Like if it had always been that way, I think it'd be fine. But now, like the whoever is the coach, which again, good luck picking what what you area got the pick coach Serbian comes guy. from. guy,
1: he's He's ridiculously good,
0: but then like like we were talking about like a a, a stoic a storied Croatian player gets left off because he's a little older and all the Croatian guys are a little mad about it. Like it'd That's be a true. little messy I mean, that way. That'd be the hardest part about doing yeah. the team.
1: Dude, the young team they would have like Bogdanovich from the Kings would be on there. Both uh, Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic is going to be. Might be the first overall pick this year would be on there. Dario Sadić would be on there. There's just so many. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic, uh, Nikola Jokic from the from the Nuggets. Wow. Just so many, so many great young players, so man.
0: Vucevic probably wouldn't make it.
1: Nikola Vucevic probably doesn't
0: make well, it. Well, maybe he's the third center. Over Nurkic, maybe. No, it'd be Nurkic, Nurkic, and uh, Jokic okay. are both going, and him probably.
1: I found it. I mean, I loved it when they played on the Nuggets together.
0: I did too. I mean, I think that I, I yo, here's something. Uh, we're just not really following the script anymore. I, I'm gonna change my swipe left. We're gonna go from bad officiating to bad coaching because I really, I, I didn't really want to talk about refs that much anyway. Uh, Mike Malone, maybe a sneaky bad head coach. Like there wow. are, there are really weird things that go on with his teams that probably shouldn't happen, and we've seen a couple guys now who just could not. Work in Denver. Go play well in other places. And that that always happens. You know, it's, like, unavoidable that a guy won't fit every now and again. But, like, I've seen a lot of grousing on Twitter, especially from, like, Zach Lowe, about some of the rotations they do, the fact that some groups just don't get minutes, the fact that some guys do get a lot of minutes. I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm not saying you should get fired necessarily. I'd have to look a lot more into it. But, like, they have a lot of guys who are very talented like Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Jokic. And they're they're good, but they're kind of just okay for the West.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the Paul Millsap injury hurt him. No pun intended. Early oh, yeah. in the season. No, did, and, for sure did. Yeah, and they, they're super reliant on Jokic for basically everything that has to do with offense. I think he might lead the team in assists for a game even.
0: Yeah, I think he does. I have the numbers right here. Yeah,
1: I mean, think about it. If they had, like, let's say, like, a Mike Dantoni on that team, I don't think they'd be seventh or eighth or whatever they're at right now.
0: No, I think, I mean, Jokic would probably average, like, 20, 10, and 10. Like, realistically, that would be possible. He does lead their team. He has six assists per game. Insane. But, like, uh, like, I feel like they almost don't use him enough. Like, there's games where he'll get, like, eight points. And it's fine if he doesn't score a lot, but, like, he won't even get that many touches. And part of it is, like, the weird Jokic thing. Like, Has he ever really been in incredible shape? Probably not, especially not earlier. And he's getting better for sure, but there are still times where he's just like mad winded, and that's a big guy thing. (laughs) But still, like there are big guys who could play like the whole game and not be like that.
1: Yeah, he eats cheeseburgers for like breakfast.
0: Yeah, for sure. He's. I. I heard like when he first came in the NBA, he would drink two liters of Mountain Dew like nothing. I heard he stopped. (laughs) I heard he cut out soda. So good for him.
1: Yeah this is the most serbian thing of all time. At least he's not smoking during like halftime. So you that, take if when he has that, to drink when that soda story breaks,
0: here, when that story breaks, Nuggets fans are going to be so just incensed.
1: They shouldn't be. I mean, I recently read a story of like an anonymous player who played overseas, like an American kid, and he had a Serbian head coach and the kid and the a coach during halftime, they were down 10, kneeled down next to him and was like, slap me, like, slap me in the face, like, demanding that this player slap him in the face because he was so angry. That's like, certain sure people are ridiculous. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I do not disagree. Um, <laughs> there's going to be a leaked picture of Jokic smoking a cigarette. Oh, you point. know what I just thought of, though? Um, what? Boban Marjanovic has left off the team, man. Eh? Oh, yeah. Well, he's having a little resurgence lately. Shouts to Boban. Yeah, shout out to Boban, man. He's I don't I never understood why he didn't play in Detroit. Like he again, like talk about a guy who gets winded. That's certainly Boban, but like he's always put up a lot really good numbers. I, he's also, not really when are we get to talk LA about either.
1: Stan Van, Stan Van Gundy, low key. Oh
0: yeah, no, he's I don't think that's low key anymore. I think he, like that's there's a there's a problem there. Like they have players who can play basketball. They have
1: players, and he's the one who constructed the team. So yeah, all the ones so... that don't
0: play, it's his fault. This Blake trade is looking real rough.
1: It's so strange, man. I thought they... I mean, they started off strong. I didn't expect them to play as well as they did, but... It was yeah, like two they should... games. <laughs> yeah, like, they they—they—they
0: they, they, they won two games. And people were like, wow. And I, I initially... Credit to uh, LA. I didn't like this trade at first. Because um, I, I just thought, you know, if you can get Blake, you can get Blake. And you should do that. But, right. like, he does not look great here. Like... I think it helped him a lot that they played in Los Angeles and he had the much better version of Andre Drummond and Chris Paul was also there. And I think those things matter. Like uh Detroit is perpetually banged up. They keep expecting Reggie Jackson to play seventy games and I don't I don't know when they're gonna find out. That just is not a thing that happens. But like Ish Smith has been pretty good. Uh they've gotten a lot out of like Dwight Bucks, I think that's how you say his name. Um Luke Kennard is looking eh. Stanley Johnson is like kind of fun, kind of not. Still thirty seven percent from the field, and again, he's like, just not good. I'm not ready there. I'm not there yet. I think he could he's be someone that I think
1: would be good if he went to a better team. Do you know what yeah, I'm saying? Like,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's for sure, for sure. That if he, you know, who should try to get him? The Hawks.
1: Yeah. What do they got to lose? Right? Just go out and be their best player at night.
0: Well, him and well, I think actually, like him and uh, the other young guy they have would be a really fun like wing tandem. Yeah. They Tory have, and
1: Prince,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and Tory and Prince, just like somewhere three and four combo, uh, and just let him go play a lot of defense and drive the ball. Like Tory and Prince is good. He put up a a hell of a game against the Bucks the other night. Even though he's only at thirteen point five points per game, like when you watch them, you can tell he can play. But I yeah, I, mean, I, he, I think
1: he's more important to them than Shooter is. I think so. Shooter's a replaceable guy, and it's harder, I think, to find a, like a s- solid three and D. Player nowadays than it is a point guard.
0: Yeah, especially like a, a heavy usage, not great shooter, not great defender of a point guard. Right, and I that's I like Struder. I think he can play, but I don't think he's like he's, he's very replaceable for sure.
1: And speaking of bad point guards, I'm swiping left on the public shaming of Derrick Rose. Ty.
0: Oh, see, I'm I'm. I think I disagree with this take, but go on.
1: But here's here's my deal. Yeah, Everyone yeah. knows Derrick Rose is no longer the NBA player he once was like we get it he even acknowledged it recently but it's every night Charles Barkley other opponents constantly poking fun at this dude literally every single day and it's okay to an extent because he's a public figure he's not as good as he once was and sure if you if you're no longer good expect some backlash but it's like such a tired gimmick like way too often I see people become victims of public shaming on social media. Like Imagine being on the opposite end of that. Imagine being Derrick Rose and being berated by a mob of anonymous goons who think it's okay to just gang up on people. Like people say that we live in a politically
0: correct or soft world, but this might be the meanest time ever. Do you agree with me? Counterpoint. Uh, he also has an army of stands online who will say very mean things to you if you do not think Derrick Rose is good at basketball, even if you do so respectfully. Uh, and second counterpoint, he is seems to be a terrible person, allegedly, according to that's a lot true. of court documents and testimony that came out uh, during a, a trial. He was, I don't think I have to say allegedly, he was involved in, I think that's just a fact. Um, but I'll say allegedly anyway. Um, as reported, I'll throw an as reported in there as well. I'm not trying to break news, I'm just going off of what I read. Um, so, I mean, I think, like, I don't, like, I could see some players, like, I would have some sympathy for if they were in that position, like, they're just not good. But some of it is, like, attitude. Like, he still plays like he's that good. Um, like, same with Carmelo. Like, people are saying Carmelo's washed, and I don't feel bad because Carmelo still tries to play sometimes. Like, he's prime mellow and it's not a good thing there. Um, but I, most importantly for me, it's like I I don't want to root for Derrick Rose because of, you know, all the, the stuff that came out with the trial and everything allegedly as reported, whatever, whatever. Uh, don't sue me, please, Derrick Rose. Um. So uh, it's, I'm kind of fine with it. And uh, again, like there's a real Rose Army out there who just is going to won- wo- woefully ignore the fact that he's shooting 31% from the field in three games with Minnesota. Of course, playing nearly 11 minutes per game in that span because Tibbs, who again, they're, speaking of guys who we should be giving a side eye to as head coaches, there's one.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true, but I mean I'm not here to judge Dirk Rose's personal character or like pretend like I know him personally nor have even read the court documents. But like he, I don't think he was convicted of anything. I don't he know wasn't. what was found to was be not. honest. He I don't. Was not. Yeah, so we so we live in a world where, you know, like they do process and you're you're guilty until proven innocent you almost. Again, I don't
0: should read the documents.
1: Should I? Is yeah. it that
0: bad? it's pretty bad, yeah. Okay. Well, what, we right, speak I retract kind of my here. Derek. We <laughs> won't speak on it here, but it's it's pretty messed up. I think it's you should probably okay, read it.
1: I retract my Derek. If you, Derek Rose, if you did what those court documents said, man, like you deserve some mean tweets every now and then, Derek. Yeah, I, I mean, there's,
0: there's some, there's some like, but beyond what's reported and the disagreement and facts that comes with the case. Um, there's things he said, like, uh, uh, part of his, uh, not testimony, like the, what's the interview thing called deposition, deposition that, right. that are just very like, just bad things you shouldn't okay. say. Like it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's whatever, whatever, blah, 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 allegedly, whatever legal protection. Anyway. Um, all right. So let me walk back real quick since that's the theme of this. Yeah. Walkers, walkers, <laughs> walkers. Um, let's just be
1: nice to each other and not join anonymous mobs. Yeah, groups, there you go. Point. Like, let's say Derek Rose is an awful person, and I'll concede he might be. I yeah. don't know. Let's just operate under the assumption that he's the worst human ever. Does it really help if you send him you and sixty-five million other people send him horrendous tweets? Like, eh, probably not.
0: No, I mean, I think it's like there's a, like you should probably just ignore him if you really don't like him. Ignore him because um, he's like, playing
1: behind Jeff Teague and Tyus Jones, like two dudes. He would have dominated had he not gotten hurt. And he seems relatively okay with it. He seems just like he wants to be in the NBA because his career would probably over be over had Tibbs not signed him.
0: Yeah, I mean we'll see. Um, yeah, so that's Derrick Rose. He Derek always Rose. he always comes up somehow. Like, do we uh do we have some fun questions in the mailbag? You put out the mailbag this week. I didn't. I was too hungover. Yeah, I got um I, got, I think I got one
1: question from my man Eric Newman who I met out there in Salt Lake City, Utah. We were two of the only white non Mormon people in the state of Utah. Ooh. He asks <laughs> he asks, Who was the best player out of the old Boston Big Three? Which is a great question. KG, Ray Allen, or Paul Pierce? He I says almost, my money's on KG.
0: I almost feel like it's more interesting to ask who the second best player is. Cause I think it's easily KG. Like if I'm if I'm taking one guy out of those three, I want KG. But like number two, we're talking number two. I might be talking Ray Allen. Wow. Yeah, like that's spicy, and I acknowledge that it is, and I'm obviously biased because Ray Allen gave the Bucks some great seasons. But like peak Ray Allen is often misremembered as like this guy who could only shoot threes. Because that's what he was with the Heat. Um, but, like, Bucks, Ray Allen was like an incredible first option who was really, really good. Pierce is the best among them if you look at careers per games. Uh, he scored the most total points. But then, obviously, KG had the most rebounds by far. Uh, Pierce had the most steals. Oh, no, KG had the most steals. God, KG's career stats are ridiculous 26,000 points. 14.6 thousand rebounds, 5,400 assists, which is actually more than either of them. He has more total assists than either of the other players. Um, 1,800 steals and 2,000 blocks. Just an f- absolute freak. Like, way ahead of his time. Yeah, and people remember him only as a defensive player when, like, he averaged 20 points per game for a long time. Just hitting outside shots. Like, imagine if shooting threes were stressed when he was in
1: the prime of his career. Yeah, that's he would a good have been point. putting over thirty points a game easily. He was. I mean, he was the king of long twos. He would shoot shots that were like eight inches and in, like above the three-point line all the time, just off pick and pop jumpers. Oh yeah.
0: If I he mean, stayed behind the three, would have, his numbers would have been even better than they were just, than he just listed. So let's look at primes. Um, let's say here's KG from when he was 20 to when he was 31 oh 32, um, 21.0 points, 11.5 rebounds, 4.5 assists, 1.4 steals, 1.6 blocks on nearly 50% from the field. So that's almost all of his Minnesota seasons and the first couple Boston seasons. He was already starting to get old at that point, but that's like his, I would say that's his prime. It's pretty, pretty good. Not bad. I think you can win with that guy. You probably argue that he's the second best power forward ever. After Tim? Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, who else is in the, the conversation there? Carmelo is probably there, and uh, you know, Dirk is there. Oh, yeah, Dirk's a good one. I would take KG over Dirk, though.
1: I think so as well. Just defensively, he's an animal.
0: Yeah, I mean, that Dirk season, he was just so good it didn't matter. Obviously the title yeah. year in 11, but otherwise, yeah, I think like KG, like if you told KG to shoot threes and put a couple, like a good forward and a good guard next to him, I just feel like you're up for a title every single year. Like those Celtics teams were.
1: And how the Wolves just perpetually missed the playoffs with that guy somehow.
0: Uh... Yeah. I mean, bad, bad teams are bad. That's true. Is that, uh, is that it? Who do you got I think second? that's it. Who, do you, who do you got second in that group though before we go? Oh man.
1: I, just as I think they have a better chance of winning it all without Ray Allen and Paul Pierce, so I'd probably just lean towards Paul Pierce.
0: Okay. I it's I, I mean I think it's it's fair, I think. I don't know. It's tough for me. I, I think it's a real conversation. It might, that would be a That'd be a fun off-season article for someone to do, like a deep dive into which of those three was the best and which was the second best and which was the third best.
1: I mean, that team was so well-constructed that it would be hard for them to win a championship without even one of their role players, you know? Like a Sam Cassell played an integral role in that team, and P.J. Brown and Big Baby Davis. These guys all played substantial roles. Tony Allen, They're Alley. not just guys who can... Exactly, Tony Allen And, of course, Ray Rondo. John Rondo, 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 we haven't talked about. And yeah. Perk!
0: Perk, love Perk. Where is he now? Um, Cleveland. Is he but back they, in Canton to no. get rid of him? Cleveland had signed him. Uh, Perk, the the title of the year, the Boston in 08, averaged six point nine points per game. For what it's worth, that's I mean, that's absolutely
1: ridiculous. How do you think that team fares nowadays? If you were to take that. Boston team and put them in the 2018
0: NBA. I mean, it would be harder for them because like they wouldn't be like as revolutionary as they were with the way they played defense. Right. But I still think they'd be pretty good.
1: Yeah, they'd be they'd be ridiculous.
0: Yeah, like all primes of all those guys. I mean, even if it's late prime for KG and it's late yeah. prime for Ray too. That's the thing. Like if that team had assembled five years earlier, they'd probably get like multiple rings. Like the mid to early 2000s was not great. Like, there was no, like, the Spurs won a couple in there, but most of the time the titles were very underwhelming after Shaq and Kobe broke up. Yeah. Like, I feel like from that until LeBron started going, it was kind of like a, there was a lot of faces who made the playoffs and won titles. That's true. And that might be the case again soon. Hopefully. That's a fun time. I I just hope that if it does get back to that way where a lot of teams are going, I hope it's not because, like, you know, someone has to and everyone kinda of stinks. I hope it's like it is now. Yeah. Like kind of an arms race. That's fun. It's
1: I mean, there's more parody now than since I've started watching the league.
0: Yeah, I mean the Warriors are everyone says the best team and they're second in the West. And we just talked exactly. about how they could lose, like and the the East is whew, the East is something. I'm pumped about it, Ty. I am twelve too. more games. Twelve more. Let's get it. Talk is talk. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, check out the podcast. Everywhere you find podcasts, just search up Talkers Talk. And if you can't find it right away, throw an NBA on there or something. Also, you can find it on Twitter at Talkers Talk. And we both tweet about it at Ben Mahitch NBA at Ty Windish. Um, my other podcast, Time Out with Ty, is all over. You can Google that too. Find that. Check it out if you like this podcast because it's somewhat similar. This one's a little looser, I would say. But it's pretty similar uh, because there's a whole lot of tie on both of them. Um, I think that's all the plugs shout out to Joey Burbs for doing the intro and outro music I think that's all the plugs Ben thanks for talking with me on Talkers Talk yeah of course peace